Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, the Bengals wrap up another day of OTAs. If you don't know what that means, it's organized team activities. Hopefully you know what that means. And we were there. We saw it all. And there are some very important and interesting takeaways we're going to break down for you right here on this latest edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Welcome into another Taco Tuesday edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. I tried to channel my inner LeBron there. Muhammad Ahmad here with you alongside Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik. And before we get into OTA talk, I want to remind you all to tell us why you're a Bengals fan. Go to strictlystripes.com and there's a link that says why I'm a Bengals fan. Tell us your story. Click on it. Fill out the Google Doc form telling us when and how and why you became a Bengals fan. We're going to start sharing these responses in about a week and a half, maybe a little later. Don't hold me to it. But if your response is great, we might have you on this podcast. So make sure you fill out that form. So the Bengals kicked off OTAs Monday. But of course, Tuesday was the one and only day that the media got to be there uh, to see everything in action. So pretty much like their previous workouts they've been doing, it's just uh, an hour longer, basically. And it was outside in the heat. Um, No contact, just a little seven on seven, 11 on 11, a little nine on seven action. Some drills that they usually do positionally per usual. So you could say it was just a little, I think, a mini teaser of what we're going to get uh, in training camp in a month and a half. And, of course, we still have the mandatory mini camp next week, which we'll be at. And we're going to talk about that looking ahead a little bit. But, Mike, you had some very interesting observations uh, kind of looking at some impact plays and some moments that I think really stood out from a couple guys today. I mean, what what stood out to you? Who were some guys that – you think are worth noting and why, why does that matter? <laughs> well, I don't think it does, to be honest. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the, the only thing, it was 10 plays. I mean, the point is they got to do something against the first team offense versus the first team defense, uh, which we hadn't seen up to this point. Um, they couldn't, that wasn't allowed in the first two phases. So um, they did it. Uh, it was just 10 plays um, the, you know, the backups got a couple as well uh, rotating in for, for a couple um, you know, I just wanted to know that there were, they, they, there was seven on sevens, uh, but you can kind of see again, how little they did. It was one period towards the end of practice. It was 10, you know, 10 plays for just the, the, the first team offensive, first team defense. Nick Scott was held out uh, for just precautionary measures as he comes back from that shoulder injury. Um, so, I mean, it's just, there's just not much real work. Not that they're not working. It's just a lot of mental reps. It's a lot of drill work. Um, so it's just, uh, it's hard to take anything, you know, concrete from it. Um, just pointed out that, you know, Burrow was basically eight of 10, uh, the two incompletions were almost picks. Um, one was by Mike Hilton and the other was by Jermaine Pratt. One was on a, the, the one with Pratt looked like a route was m- messed up. And, you know, that's one of the reasons they keep walking through this stuff to, to get these things right. Cause it was a miscommunication. It looked like on the play call and then the ball, uh, went to where the defense was and not where the offense was. But um, Irv Smith had the nicest catch of the day, kind of an acrobatic, uh, athletic 
um, grab down the middle, the, you know, the seam against Logan Wilson, kind of twisted in midair to grab it. Um, he had about three catches, during, like I said, of those 10 plays, and uh, Jamar Chase had a couple grabs, but rookies weren't all, and you know, didn't get too much work in there um, other than Jordan Battle, uh, who stepped in with the first-team defense. Um, you know, because obviously – not at that point. No, he was with the DJ Turner did walkthroughs with the first team right uh, earlier in the practice, not in the seven on sevens. Right. Um. So uh, he was not there. Um. So the the seven was uh. You know because you know you're down Nick Scott, uh, you're down Chidobia Wuzier, um. Dax Hill was uh. You know at safety along with Battle and Alan George at corner and I think Dax Hill played corner one play but sort of a makeshift secondary as they wait for guys to get back. So you, you pretty much laid out literally, and that was actually a very good synopsis. I mean, you literally kept tabs on it. I mean, that's pretty much your basic bread and butter synopsis of what happened on Tuesday. Um, and you're right. It really doesn't matter that much, at least right now. But you mentioned DJ Turner in the beginning, earlier in the, the first walkthroughs, he got some reps. Jordan Battle did then and then later towards the end with the seven on sevens. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the Bengals secondary and how different it's going to be. But to kind of take it a step further, I mean, again, it doesn't matter that much. I want to keep prefacing that. But do you think for someone like Jordan Battle, who, you know, like if you if you want Dax Hill to play loose, to take over, you know, and be as athletic as he can be on the field in 2023 for Jordan Battle and DJ Turner to get those reps is there some importance to that? And this is really for either of you guys. Like, is there some importance to that? If you want to help Dax, he'll be successful in 2023. Yeah. Um, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I, I think kind of getting those guys, those guys reps early. I, I think that that matters. Um, you know, I, you know, it, it's going to be hard to kind of get first team reps. Once, once July comes around, you would presume, um, you know, you, you kind of think about, you know, where everything's at. I mean, you know, Mike mentioned, uh, you know, Nick Scott, you know, he was out with, uh, you know, for kind of precautionary reasons. I mean, obviously that can happen in training camp, but, uh, you know, you're not going to do that the closer you get to the season, you know, you're, you're going to start to kind of ramp things up. Um, so kind of getting those guys just, just getting their feet wet and, and getting them kind of involved in, in the defense. I think that that matters a lot, just, you know, in terms of making them feel more comfortable, I'm not going to say it's necessarily translatable, um, you know, to, to what the season is going to bring or anything like that. Um, you know, there's still a lot of questions, still a lot of things that those guys are going to have to work through. But again, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, j just kind of any kind of work that you can give those guys, I think is, uh, is beneficial at least a little bit. Yeah, I think, you know, that's really important because and I was actually talking with Joe Goodberry about this last week, and I wrote about this a little bit. I think you're not going to get the production, nowhere near the production you got last year, because you had two of the best safeties in the league with Bell and Bates, Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Again, and I've said this before, but I'm I'm trying to emphasize that you're not going to get 100% what you got last year. You may not even get 75% of what you got in terms of efficiency, tackling, you know, other metrics but the thing with Dax Hill is you know he's your first round pick he's the youngest most most athletic safety you've got in that backfield and so we don't know exactly what Jordan Battle's role will be and we're not really going to know until we get into training camp and the preseason um, and we have a pretty good idea of what Nick Scott's going to be doing obviously I, I would think he's the next Von Bell but 
you, you get th- you think about guys like Troy Palomalu and Ed Reed. I know they're Hall of Famers, but they had a supporting cast that let them do what they did. Palomalu had Ryan Clark. Ed Reed had a bunch of guys, but you think of an example like Bernard Pollard. Saying Hill is a Hall of Famer is a stretch, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying every good safety needs a good supporting cast. So you definitely got to get those guys the reps where you can, especially because first-team reps are so valuable. There was a good point Mike made about Irv Smith Jr., though, and I actually saw that catch, and it was a very nice catch. I know this is a very, very small sample size. And I'm blowing up one play here. But from what I've heard Joe Burrow say and what we've heard Herb Smith talk about, it really seems like, I mean, he's been here, what, two months? And he's already clicking with this offense. And Herb Smith, without a doubt, is going to be your fourth option behind the big three. But he's starting to get the sense that maybe Herb Smith might not be a Hayden Hurst, but he actually might get somewhat close to that. I mean, you know, you can't tell from uh, one day of OTAs. I mean, they want him to be a productive pass-catching tight end. I, I don't know that he'll scare defenses as much in terms of you know that that pass-catching ability. But I mean, you know, they're gonna give they're gonna give him opportunities, and he's got to make the most of them. We'll see what kind of um, you know route runner he is, what kind of uh, presence he is uh, on the field. I, I, you know, it's hard to say at this point. Yeah, I think it's it's tough because it really comes down to how you use him, obviously. But I don't know. He, I, I mean, the Bengals' social media team, they've shared some clips of him. And by the way, did, did you guys see, I think this was two weeks ago, he can actually juggle pretty good. Like, he was juggling three footballs at once for like a minute straight. Did you guys see that clip, by the way? I did not. Well, I'll have to send it to you guys. And for those who haven't seen it, it's on the Bengals' Twitter, but... um. He has good hand-eye coordination. Um, I don't think most people can juggle, let alone juggle three footballs. So uh, if he has that good of a hand-eye coordination and he makes plays like what he did in OTAs, and yes, I get it, it's one play. I would think if you're you're James Casey and Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, you got to have a smile on your face. Before we take a quick break, though, um, and I know I've mentioned this before, but I, I want to keep mentioning this because this is going to be a big focus as we look ahead uh, to media camp next week. Of course, there's no Jonah Williams. Uh, assuming he comes back, it would be next week. And I would think he's back unless he really doesn't mind taking a fine because it's mandatory mini camp. Um, but I mean, Jackson Carmen, and I'm not just saying this to say this, like I obviously saw the drills that the offensive line did and Carmen was moving pretty well. I think he did a lot of the reps with Orlando Brown because obviously they're both tackles. But I mean, whether it was with Orlando Brown or like non-first team guys, it it just seems like there is something different. I'm not a coach, so I can't break it down specifically, but something just seems different about Jackson Carmen. Obviously, Jonah Williams is still working out on his own, too. But do you think Jonah Williams should sweat his eyebrow just a little bit if and when he comes back and he sees Jackson Carmen? more lean, more cut, more mobile, like, or is there really not even anything to talk about there? I'm yes and no. Um, You know, I think, you know, Jonah has, has reason to worry, but I I don't know if it's, I I, I wouldn't say it's reasons kind of based off of anything that has happened in the last few months, you know, on the field. I'm not just, I'm not sure that's going to matter. I mean, you're, you're going to see kind of a full, um, you know, okay, you're going to see kind of a full operational Jonah when he comes back. Um, you know, he, he's been dealing with injuries. Um, you know, he's making a switch to the right side. I, 
I think that there are just general concerns. I don't know if it's, you know, because of Jackson Carmen, you know, doing anything or improving to a certain level. I, I just kind of think that, uh, you know, that Jonah has, has reason to be concerned um, for a lot of different reasons, but I, I'm not sure Jackson specifically is one of them. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, he should be worried because he got switched to the other side when Orlando Brown got the starting job. I mean, that's what he should be worried about and that the team wouldn't commit to him. I don't think it really has anything necessarily to do with Jackson Carmen. Um, I haven't seen anything of Jackson Carmen, you know, to go against a defender to know, uh, if he looks any different than he did last year. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I mean, I think Jonah's more worried about the other stuff than, than the who's, who he's competing with. I think it's just sort of the, the general situation that obviously has left him without, without a starting job for sure. You know, he's got to, he's got to earn it. Yeah. Assuming he is back next week, which again, I would think is the case unless, there's really something there that he's willing to hold out for. Um, and there's going to be a lot of questions that he's going to field and he will be the center of attention, at least for the early part of minicamp next week. Cause it's, it's three days, I believe Tuesday through Thursday next week. So that's a whole nother conversation that we're going to get caught up on if, and when that takes place, stay with us. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from, uh, Another defensive back, because we've been talking about all these defensive backs, that's Cam Taylor Britt, as we continue our one-on-one conversations that we've been doing on this podcast in the last two weeks. And if you've missed any of them, check out our previous podcast wherever you get your podcasts. But we've got Cam Taylor Britt on the Strictly Stripes podcast when we return here in a bit. I'll be damn my dial stall. Let's do it quick. All right, three, two, one and thanks for staying with us on the strictly stripes podcast joining me is Bengals cornerback cam taylor Britt. who as we've said before cam you are not a rookie anymore you are in a new chapter in a new phase and what's already been a year for you in cincinnati i know we're still just in otas and i shouldn't say just otas but what's the vibe been like just between the end of the year to where you are right now honestly it's, it's been great man uh, you can see the, the growth in my game you know just basically kind of every day and just uh, getting in with the guys early on, trying to make sure everything's back together. I don't think I've talked to you since uh, they added DJ and Jordan and other guys in the backfield. I guess obviously DJ was right there. That's that's your guy. I mean, what's it been like working with him? You know, I think maybe I talked to you about him before, but what have you kind of passed down to him as far as learning lessons go? Honestly, all the rookie mistakes that I did, I'm, I'm calling them out early for the guys just so they can kind of learn off, you know, from my mistakes ahead of time. Uh, even in film, coach, he, he goes back on film to see, to show the young guys, you know, that some of the rookie things that I did, you know, that they could come in, you know, execute off of. But, you know, just trying to make sure those guys are, you know, ahead of the game, basically, you know, so they won't, you know, go through some of those problems that I went through. Why, why is that important? Like, obviously, they're going to have other veterans like Nick and you have Lou Anarumo who's here for another year. But for, from a guy who was just a rookie like you, why is that so unique? I just feel like I had a, a different story than everybody else. I had mixed his week, so I had to sit out and, you know, watch from the sideline and actually learn the playbook and everything else. And uh, when I finally did get the chance to get in there, they were very hard on me. So I was definitely just wanted to make sure the guys, you know, know how, uh, like you said, Coach Lou is, you know, somehow the other guys are as well. Was there sort of like, whether it was with uh, DJ Ivy, DJ Turner, Jordan Battle, was there kind of like a, a learning moment for them where you told them, hey, like do this next time or do that? Like, have you already kind of like sort of been the teacher or is it a little too early for that? Uh, it's not too early. Like I say, one of the first days they got here, they were doing things wrong, but who, who wasn't their rookie year, man? Uh, right. It's something that you learn from most definitely, but try to get them little hints and, and little things that before coach hurry up and, you know, gets on to them or anything, just kind of keep them out of trouble, but, yeah. you know, they'll go through it though. 
you know, I talked with BJ last week as one of my guests, and one thing he, he we talked about obviously how his, his head was shaved off, the bet he had with Jermaine Pratt. I mean, we're only in what June? It's June fifth or June sixth as we're talking right now. But you almost think the regular season's a week away with the excitement, the energy. I know the word culture is cliche, energy is cliche, but why is this energy and this culture so unique in this locker room in June? I think it's honestly we all got juice. Can do, man. You know, everybody's always up, man. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. Uh, this locker room is always lively. Uh, guys are always in here, even when we're done practicing three, four hours later. And that's just the bond that, you know, we have on this team. And even with some guys departing, you know, we still didn't lose that. You mentioned Juice. Obviously, your nickname is Juice. What kind of juice does Juice bring to the locker room? Man, I, I bring it every day, man. Uh, if, if somebody's down, just know I'm put a smile on that face, man. And even when we're on that field or outside of the field, you know, you could call on me, man. I'm right there by you. You know, you can, I'm the guy that you can call on. Uh, you in a bar fight, I'm right there. You know, anything uh, goes down. Do anything for my brothers. And I'm always up. I know your time is tight, so I want to just kind of wrap up with two quick questions. First question is, uh, you've been in Cincinnati a full year now. I'd imagine you stay here quite a bit during the offseason. What does Cam Taylor Britt like to do in his free time when he's not at the stadium, when he's not practicing? I think most of my teammates will kind of tell you I'm a – I play that game. I play uh, 2K, which is basketball. I play that a lot. Uh, just to bypass time. I'm not watching film or, you know, like I said, walking my dog. I'm on the game, man, and, you know, just resting. Are you on Twitch? Yeah, I try to uh, go on Twitch from here and there. I do got a Twitch account or whatever, but this is new thing. Uh, I think Austin Eckler's coming out with uh, kind of like a Discord thing right. that I'm going to join. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. I was going to say, you said you have a dog. What kind of dog? Uh, North American Mastiff. Uh, he, he's huge. His name is Zeus. He's 17 weeks. It's funny, Zeus. That's it. I, was see, I was thinking of Orlando Brown. You said that because his name on Twitter is Zeus. So big dog, big guy. That's kind of funny. Well, Cam, appreciate your time. Never enough time on this podcast, but appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much, man. We'll be right back on the Strictly Stripes podcast. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So, uh, you know, pretty fun podcast. Had some fun with Cam Taylor Britt, um, I feel, feel like we talked about the serious stuff, the important part, you know, uh, the super football 101 stuff. But you know what? It's the first week of June. The sun is out. It's beautiful. I want to I have some fun on this podcast. You know, we always have some fun. Don't get me wrong. But you can always have more fun. You can never have too much more fun. And uh, something I've been thinking about, I know people are talking about this and it's circulating, uh, but as a football aficionado, I've been thinking about this. Um, I think soon, I don't know how soon, but the Madden NFL cover is supposed to be out soon. Obviously, last year it was John Madden uh, who passed away uh, back in December of 2021. So, of course, no better way to honor the legend than by putting him on the cover. Now we're going to go back to the player side this year. Of course, Joe Burrow is one of the candidates uh, in the conversation for being the cover. I know other names that have been tossed around are obviously Justin Jefferson, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, and maybe one or two guys I missed. Uh, But just, I mean, jumping straight into it, should Joe Burrow be the Madden NFL cover this year? I mean, it, it, I, you know, I, I think you would have to look at kind of the other options too. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts is right there. Um, That's you know, true. Justin Jefferson is right there. I think Josh Allen is right there. Um, I, I don't know. I think he makes a case. It, I, you know, I think you can get into, um, you know, jersey sales and things like that, and you know, kind of who, um, you know, who does well. I think, you know, if if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, over the last, you know 
couple of months, the the Rogers jersey for the Jets has gone nuts. I'm not saying you put Rogers on the cover, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers has ever been on the Madden cover. Um, has he not? I'm trying I've, to think. I'm try- I don't. I, I have to look at that. I, I don't know. Um, it's yeah. It. I mean, it's an embarrassing factoid about me, but I've owned it every Madden like since like 2001. He's never been on it. He's never been on it. All right, never been um, on it. Maybe maybe Rogers in a in a Jets jersey. I don't know. Um, Bar was on it. Bro- Jets Jets jersey in 09. He was. I remember that. That was the first Madden game I got. It's crazy. What? Who was? Brett Favre. On the Jets. So there, so there we go. Just do that again. Just run back the Packers <laughs> Jets pipeline with the Madden cover. Um, Problem solved, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think um, you know. I mean, L- L- you know, Lamar was on the cover one year. Um, they obviously kind of like to go to stars, and typical, typically stars are quarterbacks. You're not going to go back to the well with Mahomes, um, or at least you would assume. Um, so I, I, you know, I guess. Um, yeah, he he's up there. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's him. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not. Mm, yeah. What do you, Mike? First of all, before I get your thoughts, do you play Madden? Are you? A, I know you're a video game guy, but do you play Madden NFL? No, not anymore. They just they don't change enough to. I mean, it has it's been the same game since. I mean, the first ones came out essentially. I mean, the graphics are better, but I've not ever been impressed with sort of the changes they make. Microtransactions. The death of sports games. Terrible. <laughs> so here's a look at the last covers, uh, with exception to last year, obviously, because John Madden was the guy. Uh, so the one the year before that for Madden 22, this was an MVP edition because obviously Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes were both on there. I don't think they'll do that again, at least not for a while. I just think that was a very rare and prime opportunity for Madden to do that. It was Lamar Jackson the year before that. Mahomes was on it the year before, so I think he's one of only like three players to be on it twice. Antonio Brown was on it the year before that, and then Tom Brady was on it again the year before that, going back to 2018. And then I guess if you want to go one more spot farther back, it was Rob Gronkowski in 2017. So you got, let's see, yeah, Brady was on it twice, Mahomes was on it twice, Brady's one of the other two guys to be on it multiple times. I still cannot believe Antonio Brown went from gracing that cover to literally just like self-imploding his career from there. I actually think Antonio Brown being on that cover is one of the biggest, I know people talk about this, but it's true. One of the biggest cover jinxes of all time. Do you guys actually believe in that stuff? Like I'm not a superstitious guy. I'm Muslim. So I have a weird perspective on that, but do you all believe in the Madden jinx? Absolutely not. I just think that when you put somebody on the Madden cover, uh, you're typically coming off. Like I understand that there have been injuries and stuff, um, but typically you're, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, he slumped the next year. Well, typically sometimes when you, when you come off your best season ever, you know, you're, you're in the running for a Madden cover. And typically when you have your best season ever, there's a regression coming. And I just, yeah, it, I'm not, a, I don't believe it. Mm, what also didn't, didn't Mahomes like win the super, like, I'm trying to think, didn't like Mahomes win the Super Bowl the year after or no. It was the, no. They did it the year. There was, after there was one the very clear thing that broke it, and I, I, I think if I'm not misremembering, so let's see. I think he was the one that broke it. I'm pretty sure, or maybe, well, no, I don't think Lamar would have broken it because after mm-hmm. he was on the cover, he got hurt. So actually, no, Lamar's part of the jinx, I guess. I don't know. Well, Brady and Mahomes were both on it in 2021 or a- after the 2021 season, so. 
um, or no, going into the 2021 season, it's tricky because 22-21, they were both healthy that year. That was the year the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. They were both fine, so I guess they were okay. Mahomes was okay the first time, but yeah, Lamar Jackson, Antonio Brown, they couldn't catch a break, so I don't know. Does that mean Joe Burrow shouldn't be the cover? Just kidding. I don't know. I don't believe in all that. I just want to, let's see here. Uh, there's some other things, obviously, I'd like to talk about because, again, we don't talk about this stuff often, but it's summer, so it's a good time for it. Uh, well, first off, I, I know you guys aren't big basketball fans, but NBA Finals, 1-1 series. Game three is Wednesday. You guys got the heat. You think they're going to make the comeback, or you guys like the Joker? Uh, I mean, the Nuggets are, I think, I mean, they're, they're the best team in the NBA. Um, you know, the Heat are, are kind of on a heater, obviously. I... I I would like to see the Nuggets win. Um, I, I I would like to see Jokic get a title. Um, I I mean I wouldn't be opposed to the Heat winning. I think that'd be a really cool story. But also I I mean I'm kind of rooting for this in in the Stanley Cup final as well. I just want it to go to the Game Seven. Um, you know I would like to see a fun, entertaining series that gets to seven. So I I don't know. I you know I. I have watched the finals. I am excited to see game three. I just hope it, I don't really care who wins. I, I just, uh, you know, I hope we get to seven. I could not tell you anything about the NBA finals, <laughs> so I, I'll pass. I know a while back we talked about, you know, will it will uh, a seven seed in the NFL ever make the Super Bowl and win it? I think if the Miami Heat do the unthinkable and win the finals, now the next question is, okay, when is a seven seed going to win the Super Bowl? A six seed has done it. Uh, the Packers, I think, last did it in 2010. Now I want to see, okay, if and when will a seven seed do that in the NFL? Yeah, I don't know, man. I love Jokic. I think he's, in my opinion, the best player in the game, if not a top two player in the game right now. Um that's another debate. I don't want to open that up because we. I think we need our own podcast for that. But it's not even a football question. I think he's the best in the game. But, man, I love underdogs. I love parody. I love underdogs. I love Eric Spolstra. I think he's the best coach in the league right now. It's very hard to replicate what he's done for as long as he's done it. So we'll see, man. Game three Wednesday. Uh, you can catch me watching that. Uh, final question here. I think this hopefully will elicit a, a laugh from either of you two. So I'm sure you guys saw – Chiefs were at the White House visiting President Biden, you know, the usual uh, championship celebration, which I don't think the Rams did last year. So first time we've seen it probably since the Bucks went. Um, and I'm sure you guys saw where Travis Kelsey went up to the podium, Joe Biden's podium, and was like, yeah, I've been waiting for this moment. And then Mahomes just like says, oh, sorry, sorry. It's almost like, God, I thought like when I saw that, it's like some dad trying to tell their kid, no, son, no, son, don't do that, which I thought was hilarious. Should he have kept Kelsey from talking into the mic? Like, do, do you think he did him a favor, or did we miss out on another uh, another viral moment from the Kelsey himself? Well, I have no idea. I didn't see it. Didn't you didn't see, see it. That. You gotta go I, look no, at I, it. I haven't seen that clip. No. Yeah. So he like he took. So him and Mahomes were taking a picture with the president, and then. Uh, Kelsey's like walking towards the podium as if he was about to give like one of those, you got to fight for your right to party kind of speeches. And then Mahomes is like, no, 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 no. And he literally says, sorry, guys, sorry. And just kind of waves at the crowd. <laughs> but I don't think anything sums up the relationship better than that moment. That was just, uh, that was definitely memorable, but I was waiting for something funny to happen. I just love those kinds of moments, but I mean, we all know what happened the last time we gave Mahomes, or not Mahomes, we gave Kelsey the mic when he talked to Jim Nance. He pretty much trashed, trashed Cincinnati's mayor, which is like viral now. That's why the Bengals social media team made a funny video about it. 
I guess uh, I know I said that was my last question, but my last last question is, I don't believe I've asked you guys this. I'm pretty positive I haven't, but if there was like the Kelsey of the Bengals, like the loud mouth, energetic, silly rah rah guy, who would it be? I think of guys like Ted Karras. I think of Mike Hilton. We just talked to Cam Taylor Britt. I think of him. I think you could maybe say Joe Mixon. After he made the whole word the big dog chant, I don't know. What do you guys think? Who who who's the Kelsey in Cincinnati? If there even is such a thing, I guess Ted Karras. I don't. I don't necessarily think that they have some uh, uh, a person that has his sort of outspokenness. Mm. I think Mike Hilton's getting there. I think the Burrowhead comment he made in Buffalo definitely put him on the map, and then. You can go check out my Twitter. The way he interrupts some interviews, like Jordan Battle's interview, uh, he's definitely a fun guy. But the only thing is, I just don't think he has the brashness of Kelsey. Because uh, like Mike said, I just think Kelsey's that unique. But I don't know. I feel like when, when Ted Karras was walking off the field in Tennessee and he was like, you know, saying, ride up yours, Tennessee, F you, F you, which of course went viral. My man Mark Slaughter got that clip. I thought to myself, yeah. That's a Kelsey moment. And I thought that was cool, though. You have any thoughts on that, Andrew? I mean, there's not, I, you know, there, I don't think that there's a, um, you know, I, I don't think that there's a person like Travis Kelsey, um, you know, on the roster. You know, you mentioned the uh, the Ted Karras thing. Um, you know, I think that that's interesting. But, um, you know, that's not necessarily a give me the mic and let me say something. I think that that was just kind of organic and in the moment um, I, there's, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't think that there's a one-to-one -one comparison. I, I I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't really compare him to anybody just because the Bengals, it's just personality wise. I, I don't really see the fit anywhere. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that changes. Maybe, uh, maybe Cam Taylor Brick gets a little more vocal. I don't know. Or maybe Mike Hilton starts to, Step up his uh, goonery, if that's even a word, because I think he's he's kind of like a goon, not in a bad way, but he reminds me of like a goon of like just being up to no good in a funny way. If he steps up the goonery, then maybe we'll say it's my killing, but I don't know. Is that even a word, goonery? Mike, you're the you're the grammar guy. Did I just make up that word, or is that maybe is there actually a word for that? Is that actually it, goonery? I don't think that's a word, no. Well, I don't. We're we're gonna add it to the Merriam-Webster dictionary because I I just made it. We're going to define it, put the little attributes and all that. And uh, when we when we put it in the dictionary, we're going to put a picture of Mike Hilton in there. My, whoever's in charge of that, I'm going to give him a call real quick. <laughs> well, I think we're, we're uh, at the point where we're having a little too much fun on this podcast. Just kidding. Can't have too much fun. We're going to have a lot more fun uh, later this week. We might have some special guests. I don't want to say who they are because... Uh, we haven't had them on here, and I think they're going to provide us with some very good analysis and uh, insight as we do more uh, breaking down things going into mini camp, breaking down our thoughts uh, on the Bengals roster and maybe another draft. We've done a couple drafts with Zach Taylor, with Jamar Chase. Maybe we do another one. I don't know, but it's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you tune in. Once again, for myself and Andrew and Mike, I'm Muhammad Amon. See you Wednesday.